0: Today on the Torah and Stories podcast, we will be starting a new series. We will be talking about the pros and cons of sports, what is the Hashkafa, what does the Torah tell us about it, and so much more. I'm Yisrael Yitkowsky, you are listening to Torah and Sports with Rabbi Lif. So I'm
1: speaking from the studios of Jay Foundations, which is run by my very wonderful friend and Talmud, Israel Yukowski has been uh, really a uh, a uh, big husset of trying to get to, to trying to get my my platform a little bit more upgraded into the modern day media. And I'm really very, very appreciative of everything that Israel does. And we decided that we're gonna try to a little bit of a different uh, format, a little bit more like podcast format with a little bit of introduction by Yusro. So, Yisrael, I'm going to let you start out a little bit. Tell us a little bit about Jay Foundations. and You have an anniversary coming up. and
0: Yeah, so uh, tomorrow, November 12th, is uh, one year since I started uh, my podcast, Foundations, um, and uh, we're having an iPhone 13 giveaway. So uh, if you want to join anyone who would like to be a part of this giveaway, uh, to have a chance of winning the okay. iPhone, send a WhatsApp to 972 557 one one six two two zero. The link would be in the description as well. Uh, so send a WhatsApp uh, for a chance to win the iPhone. Um, and now, Rebbe, that's I'm um, so happy. You know, it's finally happening. Torah and sports. So we've been talking about it for a couple of months now, uh, but it's finally happening. Uh, so, uh, Rebbe, how would you tell us. You know, the connection. Torah, sports, Ashkafa. What does the Torah have to say about sports?
1: Great, 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 great. It really, we were toying around with this idea of like kind of trying to give a little bit of more like a you know, a topic that is uh, very, very uh, relative to the world that we live in. And at the same time, a little more of a fun topic, you know, Torah and sports. You know, many, many years ago, I, my first teaching position was in a yeshiva called BMT. BMT was a yeshiva which was founded by the Sachnut, the Jewish Agency. And uh, it was run by a wonderful person, Rabbi Horowitz, who gave me my first teaching position. I have a lot of HaKar HaSatov to him, um, all of it was um, you know very Zionistic. It was run by the Sachnut. They had the uh, you know the boys that came came from the modern Orthodox uh, world. and um, BMT they used to say was the you know acronym of basketball mitira, baseball mitira. We used to say best meal in town, right? Best meal in town because give sort very, very good food. but you know the, the sports was definitely a part of of the life of um many kids growing up in america and um and then all of a sudden you get plunked down into a base medrash right you know and how do you kind of like um how do you qualify you know everything that you grew up in you know growing up in america and then all of a sudden being put into a base medrash setting you know it's a base medrash but you know that was the title that we gave for the today's you know zoom schmooze and um I have a lot of stories. I don't know if we are going to be able to cover it all in in one session. So we'll just call this, you know, uh, uh, Torah and Sports, um, Episode One, and then we'll uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Um, there was an episode that took place. Of oh, episode, there was a you know wonderful story that took place a couple of years ago with a great, great rav, Rabbi Zev Leff, and I think it's probably this might be fresh in the minds of still some people. But Rabbi Lef, who's the Rav and of and a lot of times I get confused. Oh, you're Rabbi Lef. You know, you know, uh, Rabbi Lef, I love your stories. I love your, your svar. I said, I'm not Rabbi Lef. I'm Rabbi Lef. Rabbi Lef, and always, we always have a good time whenever we meet. And um, he's spoken a few times. He spoke in Ner Yaakov. He spoke at Ner Yaakov dinners. We we happen to share our children are very good friends. And uh, he's around full wonderful at and a special, special person. So a couple of years ago, there was a story that he went to visit. He has a daughter that was living in Scotland. They were, on, uh, they were in, running a Kiruv program on the campuses. I think it was in Glasgow. And he went to visit his children and he had grandchildren there. And it happened to be that uh, while he was there, there was a um, friendly match, as they call it, in soccer. Matches in soccer, a little different, you know, football in America has a different connotation, but you know, football throughout the world is soccer. And there was what's called a friendly match between the Israeli national team and I guess the, the Scottish national team. And it was going to be in a big stadium in Glasgow. And for the Jewish community in Glasgow, especially in the Kiriv program, it was like, you know, it was a big thing Israel's coming, Israeli flags, we're going to support the Israeli team. And uh, and everyone, everyone in the community was going. Everyone in the community was going. You know, Chabad, non-Chabad. You know, there was, you know, the one local chassid that was living, and still living in Glasgow, was going. So the, the grandchildren, they said, you know, Saba, Sadie, you know, we're going to this game. And, you know, would you come with us? And Rabbi Leff said, yeah, for sure, I'll go with you. Because it was a time for him to bond with his children, his grandchildren. And he didn't even think twice about it. But what happened when he got there, when he got there, there was this match going on and he had a blood. He had a Dafa Yomi Gemara, I think it was, and he was learning the whole time. He was learning. He was learning. And in the middle of the match, it was televised live. They were scanning the crowd and they see this rabbi with a beard and he's holding a Gemara. They didn't know it was a Gemara. They said, wow, that rabbi, you know, that rabbi, he's been looking at this book. Must be something interesting in there. Let your heavy lamp number down the middle. I think you missed the goal. <laughs> That's been a good read. They took the scene of this rabbi, and it ended up going around the world. You know, Rabbi Lev is sitting, and they were they brought it out. With, he's just interested in the Gemara. That's what he's interested. And um, what happened was it went viral. And then what happens when things go viral, you have, oh, some people looked at it as being a very positive thing, right? Look, the rabbi went to a game. And other people looked at it, a rabbi going to a game, especially here in Israel. I think we we spoke about this Israel, that what we're talking, the audience that we're talking to is the audience that's coming from Chutz United States, England, South Africa, where sports and Torah somehow intermingle between each other.
0: And yeah, maybe we could have one episode understanding more the Israeli side of sports. That's right. We could, could have. be an idea. Yeah.
1: So Rabbi Leff received a lot of flack, even from his own community, which is a pretty open community. A lot of flack, because here in Israel, you know, those it's not exactly the same as it is in the states. And Rabbi Leff explained. He said, that, "Listen, when he grew up, he was in, um, you know, in the United States, and everyone played ball. And he says even in Yeshiva tells." In the Talzi Yeshiva, they had a camp in the summer for the local Cleveland kids. And part of what the counselors would do, who were Yeshiva Baruch the they used to play games with the play baseball and everything else. And then there was even they would take them to go see a local uh, baseball game and the counselors would go with them. And it was accepted by the Yeshivas that the counselors, the Yeshiva boys are going to go and they're going to chaperone the kids. And anyway, that's, part of, that's part of life in the United States of America. It's part of what the world that we live in. And Rav Leff said that he felt very much that for his own children and grandchildren, that this was an opportune time for him to go there. And I think the main message, which was a great message, uh, which I want to um, bolster. And I even had a conversation with Rav Leff about this afterwards. And I mentioned about the story in my book, which I describe a similar situation with my own father and myself, where um, you know we live in a modern society, we live in a world where sports is. You know, it it captures the imagination of the young and the old. You know, the young and the old. And uh, it's a major part. It's a major part of the world. Is it a Torah part of the world? Okay, that's a question that we have to discuss. But it's definitely part of the world that we live in. And um, and I, I, I wrote a little note to Rabbi Lef at the time telling him that I felt that the way he responded and the way he explained, I think it was even, maybe even, it was even an interview on one of the Israeli English-speaking programs where he explained a little bit about his position and why he felt it was important. You know, it was all about, you know, when you're in Chutzlaritz, you're in Glasgow, and there's a very small Jewish community, and people want to feel part of what's going on in Israel and being together with other Jews, and this was a way, and also that his children and grandchildren, that's where they were growing up, he didn't want them to feel that He was slighting them, so he went to the game. But what did he do at the game? What he did at the game was he was learning a bladgumar. That's what he was doing.
0: Like, one thing is, should you go, should you not go? Outside? That's one discussion, that's one thing. But now, at the end of the day, he did go. What do you do at the game? What do, do you do at, the for what do, and, uh, do at the you game? You sit there for 90 minutes and watch soccer players, or do you sit there for 90 minutes and uh, learn a bladgumar?
1: That's it. That's it. So, I, I it, it it, really bol- it was bolstered by a story that I have in my book where I discuss. My late father so I'll just I'll read a little bit of some of the experts, not the whole story, but uh, just read it because you know it's, I, I can read instead of just thinking, so I can just read. <laughs> As a child growing up in Baltimore, my parents recognize how much my brothers and I enjoyed a good game of ball. You know, I was a I was a pretty good player, and I, I st- people ask me, oh, you know, Rabbi Liff, we heard you you were a great basketball player. And I say was, you know, like, oh, what kind of husband is that? You know what I mean? Like, hey, let's go Still out of the am, court. Yeah. Let's, let's go, go have, have a game. will well, go have a game, right? I have a lot of stories with that as well. But naturally, I longed to watch a professional ball game, a baseball game, you know, BMT, baseball, mid And on one occasion, my father agreed to take me to one. Personally, he had zero interest in attending a ball game, but he knew how much how important it was to his boys, and he made it happen while teaching us a life lesson. In Baltimore, baseball meant the Orioles. <laughs> who doesn't know about the Orioles? Knowing how much we wanted to go uh, and knowing how all of our friends went to see the Orioles play on a regular basis, my father, who was a big masjid, gave us the go ahead, and he even came along to chaperone us. Remi- and now, you have to remind remember, remember this was a long time ago. And the book I wrote 50 years ago. It, sa- it feels like 100 years ago, but it was a long time ago. And um, my father purchased seats in the mezzanine se- section for us, which was fairly close to the action. I read in the book that I think he got the seats from somebody. Someone gave him the seats. I don't think he could afford the mezzanine seats. He himself went to sit in the bleachers. You know what the bleachers are? Everyone know what the bleachers are? The bleachers are all the way out in left field, all the way out in right field, depending on what kind of stadium you are. And in those days, a seat in the bleachers cost 75 cents. I don't know if it costs like that today.
0: Uh, it's a little bit more. It's not as, let's say, football, because you only have 16 games a season. It could, you know, even the cheaper tickets, the uh, regular games, it also depends on the game, you know, okay. the good teams, worst teams. But a regular you know, the cheapest tickets could get, you know, closer to $100, which baseball, there's 162 games a season, so you could get tickets for 10, sometimes even okay. less, you okay. know, depending okay. on what team okay. it is. And, and I'm, but, sure that, I'm sure I'm the but, price... But, not, but it's not 75 cents. You know. Yeah,
1: th- those days are gone. Inflation yeah. has picked up, and those places... <laughs> But anyway, my father decided he's not going to sit in the mezzanine, which is where all the action was, where, you know, where you can shout and you can scream and you can be part of it. He wanted to sit in the bleachers where he could enjoy the sunshine and he could learn without disturbance. And what did he do? My father was a masvid and he carried a pall which he placed on the seat beside him. And that's how I remember getting out of the car. My father's going with his farm. And he knew we were settled and comfortable with our friends. And we had an amazing time. The action was great. Yeah. The Orioles won that day. And the main thing was that Frank Robinson, for those of you who don't know, Frank Robinson, he played for the Baltimore Orioles. He hit the ball, home run right out of the park. And it was like a big thing. The Orioles won the game. We were excited. The game was over. We made our way back to the car in the parking lot. And our father greeted us. He says, no, did you have a good time? He said, oh, it was great. We were kids. It was great. Who won? My father said, who won? The Orioles won. My father said, There was a lot of screaming going on in the middle. What was that all about? We looked at each other in wonder. Could our father really have been so immersed in his learning that he hadn't even been aware that Frank Robinson had hit a home run out of the park? So we explained to him, Frank Robinson hit the ball out of the park. So my father said, He hit a home run. Wonderful. That's when we understood a life lesson, a lesson we would never forget. That for my father, nothing in the entire world was as enjoyable and important as sitting in the sun and learning with his farm. Robinson could hit 20 home runs. My father wouldn't be able to pull himself out of the Gemara, because that was the most important thing in life, and the thing he enjoyed most in the world. That was the message. You went to a baseball game, good for you. You had a good time, good for you, because that's what you needed, because you're a kid. But what's the most important thing at the end of the day? Torah. That's the most important thing. So, this was a message in the book, if you read the book, you know, this was a message which I felt that was a great lesson that I learned from my father, that sports is important and you can have a good time and you can even be part of it. But the main thing is, is the Torah. That's it. And I think that that's, you know, if you want to cover it, we want to do, you know, episode number one, like what would be the message? The message would be is that, you know, the topic is Torah and sports. <laughs>
0: it's not sports and Torah. <laughs> That's Torah. Torah,
1: tora, tora and sports. But at the same time, we have to recognize that we're living in a world where sports is part of life, and how do we how do we deal with it? You know, this week it happened to be the New York Marathon, and one of the members of my family, one of my relatives, I don't want to say who he is because he didn't give me permission. Okay, but one of the members of my family ran in the New York Marathon this year. And he got a medal, and he ran the marathon. It's a great accomplishment. And uh, you know, I was remarking to you before, well that you know, we live in a society today where you know, it's not just the you know going to the games and everything else. It's really it's the sports. We have we have bikeathons. We have we have people. We even have here in Harnov uh, a f- from religious woman. Betty or Betsy Deutsch, huh? Yeah, uh,
0: Betty Deutsch. B.T. Deutsch. Bitte Deutsch. And
1: she's become a, a champion and she runs in marathons in the
0: world. and she's, yeah, firm. she's a firm lady. She won. She ran out of the She didn't win that time, but she, uh, she ran a full marathon when she was uh, seven months pregnant. Uh, she won a uh, couple of marathons here in Erz Israel uh, a couple of years ago. She, I think, uh, first place in uh, the marathon in Tveria, in Yerushalayim. She's sometimes, you know, second place, third place. But she's definitely, she almost, uh, I'm not, I don't think, and then I think she didn't make it, but she was very, very close of making the Israeli Olympics uh, running team uh, as well. She was like, you know, not only in Eretz Yisrael, but also in the world. She's like, right. she's really good. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and, and um uh... And um, I think what's most important is that she le- she leaves a message that she doesn't run in shabbos, that she doesn't look for you know any heterim, which you might find. And I know there was a you know there was a um, a news item that went on in the summer. I think it was this past summer that there were two from uh, Orthodox boys who were uh, baseball players, and one of them yeah, was they got the drafted
0: farm. to the MLB. yeah. Uh, right. Ellie Kligman and Jacob Steinmetz. Okay. Okay, yeah.
1: and 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 I understand that one of them is like you know going to, you know go he, he's gonna f- he, looking for some sort of head to the rabbi these people. You can you could play on Shabbos if you don't you know if you don't drive to the city on Shabbos. I'm not here to give piskei I'm not here to give piskei All I'm here is to say is that we live in a world where it's part of life, and at the same time we have to recognize. Torah is number one, and sports is number two. And how do we deal with that? You know, I mean, what happens when, when sports really is such an integral part of the life?
0: Yeah, I feel also it's, you know, very much not only the, like Rabbi was saying, it's not only the watching and the following and, you know, watching football, watching baseball. It's also the, you know, playing sports, the running, you know, playing. I That's why I have the line here. I play football for the Jerusalem Lions. Right. Uh, you know, and also during sports also in general, you know, physical health, you know, it's healthy to be in shape. Um, and but also like mentally you know like it's very especially if you do a team sport it's you know it's a uh, teamwork and uh, you know helping one another and like it's very just in general in life it's you know it's something that could help you in so many ways no question about uh, but it. then also like you need to be careful because like who are you're playing with when are you playing um, you know so you know it could also be risky so that's a like what so what does everything think like what? Well, what would be the right way of how to you know one in Playing sports and being active and the other also, you know, following sports and uh following different uh teams, uh like what would be the proper way to make sure, you know, it's not influencing you in the bad way. You're just, you know, using it for right. good.
1: So I think you know, I am gonna say a VART now, which is maybe we'll we'll use the VART as a as a as a method where somehow we could somehow, you know, touch upon some of the th- some of the questions that you're asking. So Givalde Gavart in this week's Parsha which, uh, you know, I always say it over, and it's um, it's a lesson from Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetzky. It's really a, it's a gem of avort. The Pusik says, in this book's parasha, Yaakov Avinu is uh, Vayetze, he's going out, and he's leaving Eretz Yisrael, he's going to Lavan, and it says, the Pusik says, Vayushka Vamokamahu, the whole story, you know, he went to Charon, and then he turned back, and it says he slept. Vayushka Vamokamahu. And then the story of the Sulam, and Boy. Uh, but Rashi comments and Rashi says, who was a that place he slept. But uh, 14 years it was in the Yeshiva shem behavior He didn't sleep. 14 years yeah, he never went, he never he never slept. And I always explain that, you know, it never meant that Yakovina didn't sleep at all, because that's inhumanly possible to do. What it meant to see he didn't put himself to sleep. He was in the base medrash, and he would literally fall asleep on the stender the way it was in the old days, and he would sleep only because that's what. He, and then he, when he woke up, he woke up and he went back to learning. That's a very very big madrega But if Yaakov raises a very very important question, so if you work out the, the the ages, Yaakovina was something in his sixties already. I think he was sixty three at this point when he's when he's running away from ASAF. and he had learnt. He learned from who? He learned fifteen years by his Zaidi Avram, and then he learned most of the time he learned with Yitzchak. He was in Yitzhuk Yeshiva, Avner Yeshiva, Yitzchak Yeshiva. Pretty good yeshivas, you know what I mean? Probably as good as you know most of the yeshivas today, even Brisk. I don't know if they were good as Avram and Yitzchak's Yeshiva. And now his mother and his father decide he's got to get away because Asav's on the hunt for him, and he's got to find a wife, and he's got to go to Lavan's house. And they say, hey, "Go and we don't want you to marry anybody over here. We don't want you to find a shidduch over there." And all of a sudden, before he goes, he pops out for 14 years and he goes to do the same favor. So, first of all, how could he not listen to his parents? And the mushroom that Rabbi Yaakov says is your father sends you to the Makola to go buy him uh, you know, a bag of milk to get some cereal. And you decide, oh, you're a master. I'm going to go to Yeshiva based medicine to learn and I'm going to come back. No, your father sent you. You got to be Mekai in the Mitzvah keep it out of aim. See, your father sent you. You got to go be Mekai in the Mitzvah keep it out of And number two is, this is the most important question, the crucial question is, why, Dafka did he go to the Yeshiva Shei vever? He already learned. He could learn on his own already. What, is it need, what does that mean in Yeshiva Shei vever? Rabbi Yaakov says an unbelievable thing. And we'll just give the, the soundbite of it. Really needs a lot more explanation. The soundbite is, Avram and Yitzchok's Yeshiva will call it like this, they were classic yeshivas. You come to the yeshiva, you live in the yeshiva, you have the environment of the yeshiva, the warmth of the yeshiva, the learning of the yeshiva. Everyone knows that the Dener guys, you know, it was a very big change. Everything that you were used to, you were used to high school, you were used to, you know, everything that was on the surrounding lifestyle that was around it. All of a sudden now you come to yeshiva and you're in a makam kaddish You're in the tevas nayach. And what are you learning? You're learning really Ishtagin, and you're learning Gemara, and you're learning, and you're davening and everything else. And you're away from the world. You're away from society. And that's the way we try to inculcate our Talmud, because they need to have that. They need to have that. But Yaakov Avinu was now, Vayetzi, he's going into Golis. Yaakov Avinu is the quintennial Golis Yiddin. He's not going to be living in the Beis Redish. Where's he going to be living? He's going to be living in Lovin's house. He's going to be living in society. He's going to be living in Manhattan. He's going to be living in uh, in, in southern Florida. He's going to be sitting in, in, in London, in, 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 in Hamburg, in Germany, surrounded by non-Jews, surrounded by values, which are the antithesis of a Torah lifestyle. He had to go to a special base meddles, the yeshiva that taught how you live in galus, Torah as Shame was the son of Nayach. Nayach taught Shame how you live in a society which is devoid of Torah values. And Shame was the one that was able to inculcate it into this Talmud. Aver, he was from the Dor of the Dor Also, also. He also he had, he had honed. The Torah of what it is to live in a society and still remain with the same Ahmuna and be talking to the rabbisht. And therefore, Yaakov and Vina felt, I can't go to the house of Lovin like this. It would be derelict for me to take the messages which I got from the Beis Medrash of Avram and Yitzchak without learning the special halachas of Hilchas Golas. How do we live in the Golas? How does a Yid live in the Golos? And therefore he was obligated. He, 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 he said the the mushrooms like this. A father sends his son out to go buy for him, dalad Minim. But he doesn't know anything what's kosher, what's not kosher. So he's got to go and he has to chazir to to see what's kosher. So his father would want him to go in Chazeret. He knew that his father Yitzchak would want him to go to the base Manish of Because he had to learn the Torah of what it is to live in Gaulis. And I think this is the way we have to look at these things. How do we how do you know you're right? These are questions. How do we live in the Gaulus? So we we're gonna live in the Gullus. And we're gonna, we're gonna somehow, you know, we're gonna run in a marathon. How do we run in a marathon? Do I run like a youth? Do I run like a youth? I don't know. Do I wear a yarmulke? Am I proud of my Judaism? Is it something that I that I wear on my sleeve? Okay. Now, everyone knows the famous story, of Sandy Koufax. You know, Sandy Koufax was the was the pitcher, and he 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 didn't play in the World Series because on, on a World Series game on Yom Kippur. Now he wasn't from, he wasn't religious, but it made such a statement, the kiddush Hashem, that a Jew stood up for his values and said, "I can't play in Yom Kippur. I can't play in Yom Kippur." And I don't know, you know, I, you know, who am I to know what the rebbeinu's chesbonos are. But the Gemara says, Yesh Yesh Sometimes a person does one act of goodness shows that his Judaism is something which is steeped inside of him. And that remains with him. And that becomes the um, that becomes his Torah. That becomes his Torah. And I think the question is, how do we, how do we teach these values to our children today? Which is, on one hand, we're not going to be able to. Run away from society. And we have to, you know, we got to play ball. I had a Rebbe of mine, Rebbe Everfall Green, who was a tremendous Tambachachem, and he had tremendous influence on me as a Lamden and everything else. He knew I was a good ball player. So in the summer, when we went away to the Catskills with the yeshiva, he used to say, Come over to me, he says, Yeshua, could you please teach my children how to play ball? His children were not exactly so coordinated. So they needed a lot of attention. And I was good at teaching uncoordinated kids how to play ball. He says, but I'm asking you to teach them how to play ball, not to follow all the sports, not to know which teams are ahead and who's got everything else that's going on. I want them to learn how, what sports are. Sports is a healthy thing. My late father, Oliver Vesolem, was a big masmid, and he was athletic. And he was such a masmid that the receiver of Rudiman was worried about his physical health. So Rav Rudiman Zetzal told him you have to play. In those days, the, the Jewish sport was handball, four-wall handball, which is like the forebearer of squash today, which is like a closed, you know, it's got four walls and it's a whole game. And and my father used to go and he used to play handball every Friday. He would go play. It was a big game that all the, you know, the good guys would play. The yeshiva guys would play. And uh, my father became the champion of the city of Baltimore, state of Maryland, and the whole East Coast. And he was written up. He, we have trophies that he won. And there's a very famous mashkiach uh, here in Eretz Yisrael, who's one of the chash of the chash of And he said the reason why he decided to go to Ner Israel is because there were two choices about where to go in his day. It was either to go to Cleveland to Tells, or near Yisrael. Those were the two, for the out-of-town boys that lived out of town, those were the two places. It was Lakewood hadn't yet taken off. And he said that he heard that Cleveland, the Rashivas, there all from Litta, they're all chashvet. But he said he didn't feel that him as an American boy, would necessarily they would relate to, him. but he heard that in Baltimore there was a Rebbe that played handball, and he's American, so he decided he wanted. He said My, that was the reason why he decided he picked. And he said he got to Ner Yisrael, and, and then he heard Rabbi Lif is the Rebbe, and when he got there, he said he never saw Rabbi Lif playing ball. Rabbi Lif was learning the whole day Yom Ha'Elila, and then Friday afternoon he used to go and he used to play ball. That was it, once a week he would go play ball. But <clears throat> and the reason is Reb felt that it was, he needed a healthy outlet. So healthy athletes, those are wonderful. Sports is great. And all the things you spoke about, teamwork and everything else. The question is when you get too much entrenched in it, okay, and it becomes the focus of your life. Now, I'm not saying, I don't know how to, you know, I'm not here to go say marathon runners and everything else. That's also healthy and everything else. Those are things which every person has to make his own decision and speak to his local Orthodox rabbi about what's the best thing for them. But I'm talking about it in general, when I mean, we look at the world of sports and Torah, health is very, very important. And all the things in teamwork everything that can be brought out in sports. And especially kids today, they have to let out their energies. And it's a wonderful, wonderful outlet, able to play ball and everything else. But the most important thing is to recognize to take the Torah's okay? okay? But to realize, I have to. has to be focused on how I'm going to live my Torah lifestyle. So I think for episode one, okay, I think we've touched a little bit on some of this, some of the topics, and uh, I hope that we've given some information and we've had a good time, everybody. I want to wish everybody a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, and I want to thank again Yisrael and the Jay Foundations, and I want to thank uh, Reb Josh for his input from the other side of the world. And it's great to be able to speak to everybody. And we want to wish everybody, everyone should be, this Shabbos should be a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. We're in the month of Kislev. We're getting close to Hanukkah. And we'll speak about Mitzvah, maybe episode number two. We can tie in some of those themes as well. Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Have a good evening. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it would be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.